spirit. Let me read one scripture to you. So important. I had to meditate on this scripture seriously, just thinking about it. Scripture that all of us should know, and we know. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice how often he talked about the Holy Spirit. He's in charge. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Or these are the children of God. That means every child of God, if you are a Christian, the only reason you are a Christian is because you are being led by God. By the Spirit of God. If you are not being led by the Spirit of God, you may not be according to the Scriptures. That's what it says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. So you are supposed, if you are a child of God, you are supposed to be led by the Spirit in everything that you do. It's your inheritance. You're supposed to be that. If you are a Christian, you are being led by God's Spirit constantly. Not sometimes, constantly. We don't become sons sometimes and sometimes we're not. No, we are constantly being led by the Spirit of God. That's what makes you a child of God. That's what makes you a Christian. One who is being led by the Spirit of God. Notice what it says. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So the spirit was in you, you or is in you, you received the spirit to be led. And the spirit you have is not the spirit of bondage. Before that, you had a spirit. And that spirit was the spirit of bondage. And the result of that is fear. So when you are being led by the Spirit of God, fear is out. Amen? Amen? So when you are being led by the Spirit of God, you don't have the spirit of bondage. You are can't be bound when you are being led by the Spirit of God. Not again, but you receive the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. So, as long as you can cry, Abba, Father, there can be no fear. And you really cannot cry, Abba, Father, without being led of the Spirit. You have to know, coming in from the Spirit, as long as you can call God your Father, and it's really from within, it's coming from the Spirit, you cannot have fear. 
Let me say this. You will be tempted to fear. But you shouldn't receive that because not, that's not the spirit you received. That was before. Now, I know we say, well, but we're human. Yeah, I know that. And God knows it. But God says, be led by the spirit and go away from the spirit of bondage where you fear. So the spirit has a ministry in us. To lead us the way God, the path that God wants us to go, and there is no fear in that path. There is no fear there. As long as you can call God your Father, and that's coming from the Holy Spirit, if you can call God your Father from the Holy Spirit, there is nothing to be afraid of in this world because God is in charge. So I've often said this here whenever trouble comes your way, The first line of battle is to conquer your fear. If you can conquer the fear, you are on the side of the spirit and you are going to be victorious. So we don't have that in us. It says the spirit himself, the same Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that you are a child of God. If you are a child of God, a son of God, The angels are all over your life. They are around there. They will prevent all kinds of troubles from coming to your path to destroy what God is preparing in you. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Now, bearing witness is very important. That is when you know from within. Where you truly, truly know. You know what the scripture says? Romans chapter 8 verse 28. For we know. We're not in doubt. How do you know? By the Spirit. That is when you can truly know. I'll talk to you. Let me read the scripture so it comes out to us. In 1 Corinthians... Chapter 12, verse 3. It says, Therefore I make you know, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit, no one speaking by the Holy Spirit calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't really know Without the Holy Spirit. So knowing is coming from the Holy Spirit. So back to Romans chapter 8 verse 28. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. We know. We are not in doubt. How do you know? The Holy Spirit bears witness with the the core of your being that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening to you, God's behind it and everything is working together for your good. Amen. It's a good place to say amen. No matter what's happening in your life, Even if you are in doubt, 
If the Holy Spirit is in you and you know the Holy Spirit is at work, if it's in you and you're paying attention, He's leading you, you know you are a son of God, a child of God, no matter what's happening to you, they are all working for your good. They're working for your good. Because the Spirit of God is with you. And now, in the Old Testament, we know that it's the shadow, right? Shadow of good things to come. Sometimes we miss, sometimes we can't see the real things because we focus so much on the shadow. Well, I always call to remembrance, look at Joseph, right? He got his dream, right? Where did the dream come from? From the Spirit of God. But things didn't go the way Joseph imagined they'd go, right? But everything was working for good. Joseph said, you meant it for evil. But you see, God had another plan. All things worked together for good. It wasn't just for good for Joseph alone, but for his brothers who sold him. And for his father, the whole family. When you are for Israel, and guess who Israel is today? I'm looking at Israel here. Amen. Because we have been grafted in. All things work together for good for Israel. The whole family. Because God was involved. And I thank God that God is fully involved in my life and your life. It's very clear. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You were not that smart (laughs) to make that choice. It was the Spirit that opened your eyes. And you could only see because the the God, the Father, was drawing you to His Son. Jesus was clear. No man comes to me until he's heard from my Father. You come. When you can sit in the house of God to hear the word of God and have desire to know God, that's not you. That's the spirit of the Father in you. He's the Holy Spirit. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When I used to read in the scriptures where it says the spirit of my spirit will not always strive with man forever. I used to think, man, I'm going to get to a place where God just gives up. No. God's saying, I'm striving. Why is he striving? To bring you face to face with your God. That's why he strives with you. That's why he fights with you. To draw you closer. But one day he's going to be taken away from the earth. And the striving with man is over. But that's what it is. The Holy Spirit. We know. Everyone must seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Today we don't talk a lot about it. It's not just once. We have to seek to be filled. Don't ask me to explain. I don't know. But you can read in Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you go back to Acts chapter 4. They were filled again with the Holy Spirit. And Paul, he stands up to speak. And he says, being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I didn't figure that. I don't understand. But when there is the desire to have more of God, something happens. And let me say this. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. When you take one bold move towards God, something happens to you, it changes you forever. It doesn't change. God gives you a gift at one moment, he stays with you. You think about uh, Solomon, one night God gave him a gift, even when he wasn't living right, the gift was still there. The gift was still there. He's such a glorious and amazing, faithful, merciful God. It's hard to figure him out completely. No one will ever get there. But he loves us so much that if we desire, he is there for us. It makes the scripture so true to me in my heart where Jesus said, If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You will be filled. Everyone must seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are in the generation, the time of the Holy Spirit, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. He is in charge today. And we must recognize that. And give him room. If you read in Acts chapter 2, beginning from verse 15, he talks about the life seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter speaking on that day. These men, they are not as drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this, is, this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. We are in the last days. It will come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Every Christian should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't sit by and say, well, I don't know if that's it. When you say, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Some people are wondering, what does that really mean? I don't know if I'm being led by the Spirit. We should be sharing from God constantly. And God walking in our lives. It shall come to pass. There's a reason why I picked this scripture. It shall come to pass, God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. According to Prophet Joel, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out of my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. How many of them? How many of them? All of them. And no one is excluded. The young and the old, every one of them. Some of them, I see, you know, have dreams. They dream dreams, the older ones. Not me yet. But the young ones see vision. Now let me say this. 
what are dreams for? Are dreams for what's happening now? Sometimes. But dreams are generally for the future. Right? What are visions for? For what's happening now and the future. So God will give us dreams about the future. We don't think about those things. God can give you a dream about your future. Not just Joseph. He is saying in the last days he's going to multiply this. We don't think on these things. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As long as it's not in your thoughts, God's not going to bother with you. As long as you are not believing it, you don't hear it, you're not believing it, God's not going to deal with you. He'll spook you. And you're going to wonder what's going on. But God's clear. He will give you dreams, and dreams generally for, for things that are going to happen. Not just Pharaoh with Joseph. Or Nebuchadnezzar. This way, Gentiles, right? But God's still doing it today. God's still doing it today. These are part of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. We just don't want to go there. We just want to be comfortable with the things that we like to do. Or the things that people talk about. I'm praying to God. God, expand my mind before I leave this earth. If all Jesus comes. I just don't want to do with, just stay with what I'm familiar with. I've got to go with what the scripture says. We are more in the last days than when Peter spoke these words. And he says they will dream dreams. Dreams. They will see visions. God's going to show them. And Jesus will come into that. Jesus said when the spirit of God is come, he will show you things to come. That's what he says. But we relegate that to so few individuals. And we sit like they are acting and we're clapping for them. That's my brother. You got your gift. I have my gift. And I want that gift also, God, that he has. It's for all of us. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. It will be given. To, if you don't thirst for it, you don't have it. If you thirst for it, you search it out. It's to the king. God, he keeps secret. It's for us, kings, to search it out. If we search these things out and you focus on it, God will begin to speak to you. It's what you focus on, that's what God will deal with you about. But what you put away and you're not in church, you don't even hear it, God doesn't bother with you. My people have gone into captivity, and I'm coming to that, because they have no knowledge. He says, you've rejected knowledge, Therefore, I've rejected you from being priests. We need to look at what the word says. It's very important. Uh, Kathy, I'm going to give you this. John 16, 12 and 13. I know I didn't send that to you, but please help me. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot handle them. You can't bear them now. Why? Why couldn't they? They didn't have the Holy Spirit. 
They didn't have the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how someone can think they can live a Christian life and really fulfill all God has for their life without the Holy Spirit. You want to live a holy life without the Holy Spirit? It's not possible. We were born in sin, right? Until the Holy Spirit sanctifies you, you can't be sanctified. You need the Holy Spirit. And he's been freely given to us. Jesus said, I have many things I want to say to you. Is that still the truth today? Does he still have many things he wants to say to me? It's true. I have many things, he says. Not just few things, many. He had been with them for three years. They've listened to his sermons. They've spent time with him. They've asked questions. Just a simple question, and he will elaborate for a long time talking to them. But even at this point, he's saying, look, I still have many things I want to say to you. But you cannot bear them. You can't handle them. You won't understand them. It won't make sense to you. It will not make sense to you. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. He cannot receive them. Because they are foolishness to him. The natural man, what that says, you're not natural after you become a Christian. I'm just me. No, not. Not if you've received the Holy Spirit. Part of you is supernatural. And Christianity is supposed to be a supernatural religion because you can't live it in the flesh. If it's in the flesh, it's not accepted. So for you to be accepted, you have to live it supernaturally. And you cannot live it supernaturally without the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I was sharing here, I think it was Friday. Read the Acts of the Apostle. They were talking mainly about what the Holy Spirit wanted. Give me Paul and Silas. I mean Paul and Barnabas. For the work that I've called them. And the Holy Spirit said. That's all they said. Agabus says, the Holy Spirit says, the man who has this apron, this is what's going to... But they never used the word Jesus. What about us? All I hear, including me, okay, is Jesus, 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 God, God. Nobody says the Holy Spirit. Nobody says that, man. We don't know who he is. And yet he is the one in charge of the church today. There was the dispensation of the Father... For 400 years or more, I mean 4,000 years, and then Jesus for just 33, and then Jesus said, I'm living, the Holy Spirit is in charge. The apostles understood it. Read, after Peter, after Peter saw the vision, you remember, and this sheet coming down, who spoke to him? The Holy Spirit spoke to him. Read what he says. The Holy Spirit said to him, don't ask any question, go. He listened. Everything they did, they attributed to the Holy Spirit. We are His witnesses. So is the Holy Spirit that He's given to us. 
they recognized him and welcomed him as one among them and the one in charge, just like Jesus was before he went. We have to talk to him. That's what this trust of the message is. I have to get to know the Holy Spirit even more than I know him today. I have to get closer. And all this crazy talk about, well, I don't need to speak in tongues. I don't need this. It's not what you need. You are not the one who died for this. He was Jesus on the cross. It's what he says. That's what matters. Not what you think. It's what the scripture says. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak, they will be your judge in the last day. You think Jesus is going to stand there and judge you? No, he's the word. Read in the scriptures. Jesus says, the words that I've spoken, they will be your judge in the last day. I need to know what he said. And I need to believe what he said. I want to be on the side of the word. Not on the side of man's opinion and man's feelings. I'm going to be judged, even as a pastor. I've got to be judged for what I proclaimed. I know that. So I'm not going to be led by how I feel or how somebody feels. Because it's always what I feel. I don't care what you feel. I'm not going to be judged by what you feel. I'm going to be judged by what the Word says. But that's what it tells us. It's about what the Holy Spirit is doing today. He is the one in charge. He's the one that's making things happen today in the church. Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, even though you can't bear them now, however, when he, the spirit of truth, notice what he is called. The spirit of truth. And what makes us free? And you shall know the truth And the truth will give you true freedom. And he who the Son makes free, when the Spirit opens your eyes and guides you, I need to finish that scripture. Oh yes, I really need to go back. Thank you, Lord. He says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He will guide you into... Some truth, all truth. He will guide you. Notice, how is he going to guide you? He'll shift things around your life, okay? (laughs) And he'll speak to you as well. When Jesus said this, he says, He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak. So that tells you, while he's guiding you, guess what he's doing? He's speaking. I mean, if you've heard his voice, he guides you through speaking to you. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying. He's guiding you to truth. If he's speaking to you, he's guiding you into truth. And once he guides you into truth, and you know the truth, you're free. You're free. And when you are free, once you know the truth, the Son has to make you free. That's what you read in, 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 in um, John chapter 8, verse 32, and you shall know the truth. But then in verse 30 it says, if the Son makes you free, but then you go to uh, um, Matthew chapter 13, he says, let's hear with their ear and understand with your heart and turn 
and I shall heal them. Because once you know the truth and you get the rhema from the Holy Spirit, you will adjust yourself and position yourself. And Jesus says you are well positioned. Just like I've said here before, the moon has no light of its own. It reflects the light of the sun. When you position yourself, the sun gives you light. And your life is transformed. It's got to come from the Spirit. God has no grandchildren. So I cannot bring Omar's head and say, Omar, whatever God is showing to you, transfer it over here. It's not going to work that way. It's what God deals with you, between you and himself, in the times of meditation. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you meditate in it day and night. This is what's going to happen. He says, when that time comes, those things that you couldn't bear, those things that you couldn't understand, even if Jesus stood right in your face to tell you, you won't get it. Even though Jesus is speaking it to you, trying to explain it to you, you still won't get it. Why? Because you need the Holy Spirit inside of you to really get it. I used to want, used to, you know, amaze me. What happened to these guys? Before the day of Pentecost, they seemed like they had no clue what was happening. Even before Jesus left, they were asking Jesus, are you not going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? They still didn't get it. But right after the Holy Spirit came upon them, these guys were different. Nobody had to school them. They knew exactly what to do. They organized the church themselves. Not Jesus there telling them anything. They knew exactly what to do. Where to go and how to... And look, they spread this thing all around the world. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. They knew to give him his place. And we need to give him his place at the Ark Fellowship and in every church where the name of Jesus is mentioned. So he gets the glory. He says, you couldn't bear these things now. However, when the Spirit is of truth, when He comes, He is the Spirit of truth. How can a church exist without the Spirit of truth? How can you exist without the Spirit of truth? How are you going to be led without the Spirit of truth? We need the Holy Spirit. And we need to cry out for Him. He says He will, he will bring us into all things. He will help us, guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. That got a real challenge when I read that. Because I never think about knowing things to come. With confidence. I mean, I'm not talking about knowing when Jesus is going to return, okay? Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons the Father has put in his own power. I know that. But he says he'll show us things to come. We can get, the disciples knew. 
Paul knew when it was time for him to go, right? He says, I fought a good fight. I'm not ready. I'm ready to go. Peter knew. My point is, there's so much for us to dig into the word of God. I just, maybe, I cry out to God, maybe we don't have enough hunger. God, please help me. Maybe the hunger is not there. The passion is not there. I've done a few stuff, so I can talk about all the stuff that I've done. You know, I prayed for this and, and all of that. It's much more than that. That's in the past. Forgetting the things that are behind. You press forward. We are too easily satisfied. And we are comparing ourselves with, the, with one another. Well, I'm doing better. That's not where he's at. I've got to see him. I've got to see him. I've got to pursue Jesus. And I work with my brothers and sisters in love together so we get to know him better. He'll show us things to come. Agabus knew things to come. But he's the same Jesus. He's the same Holy Spirit with us today. And I'm praying to God, God, give us hunger. The Ark Fellowship, I pray, we pray a lot. God, please, send revival, whatever that word means, means, I want it. If it's going to drive me closer to God, I want it. I want, I, want, I want to have faith in God stronger than I've ever known. It's like, oh God, these individuals, how are they able to do this, God? Download something into my spirit, please, before I pass on from this place. I've got to have that hunger for God. I really have to. I really have to. Whenever there is a desire, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there's so much He can do. I don't think we can ever exhaust the things that the Holy Spirit can do for us. I believe that He was the Holy Spirit that came on um, Solomon that night. Jesus, God spoke to him and left. And after that, Solomon was a different man. It was the Holy Spirit that came over Mary for the birth of Jesus. He says the, the Spirit of the Lord will overshadow you, right? And then that's the fruit of it. It's all the Spirit of the living God. In Acts chapter 4, it says the disciples were praying... Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. They wanted the miracles. Uh, (laughs) I was reading in uh, Exodus chapter 4, I believe, today, and I see the way God was dealing these things about science, it's not just New Testament. It's all the way back. The disciples understood it. It's all the way back in, in, in Exodus chapter 4. God was telling Moses. He said, now, Moses said, I don't want to go. They won't believe me. How would they know? He said, well, what do you have in your hand? Throw it down. And he turned into a serpent. And God says, they will listen to the voice. Read it. They will listen 
if they don't listen to the voice of that sign, then do the second sign. Put your hand on your bosom. It will become leprous, right? He said, perhaps they will listen to the voice of that second sign. So his signs speak. And he says, after they see the sign, they'll believe. God said, they will believe. And he says, if they don't believe, take water, pour it down, he's going to turn to blood. At that time, they will believe. And guess what happened? He went, did all of that, they believed him. They believed him. And so the disciples here, they're crying out to God. We want some signs. Amen. We show the heart fellowship. We all cry together. We want some signs, God. Give us boldness to proclaim that you still do signs. And give us some signs so we are bold to speak it and not be afraid that what if it doesn't happen? Jesus is risen from the dead. He'll do signs just like you've heard before and just, just like you've seen before. He is alive. He's not dead. He'll do signs right before you. Let help us to proclaim it with boldness and give us signs and get what God did in answer. He shook the place. Read it. He shook. He says the place was shaking. And guess what happened? His answer, you need more of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought they were filled in Acts chapter 2. Right? The same individuals. And then guess what happened? They went out and they spoke with boldness. And God gave them signs. And more people were added. And it's a dream. You picture these things in your mind. What God can do. Is it still the same God? I said on the day we had our healing service, if God does not do the same signs he did in the Bible days with Jesus, then he must be the God who was not the God who is. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to trust the Holy Spirit. He's a being. He is God. He is the one in charge. If Jesus did miracles, the Holy Spirit is doing it today. He gave them the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's all they needed. Everyone needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Christianity is supposed to be lived supernaturally. It's a supernatural faith. Your life is transformed and people can tell. I know my family could tell. Things changed from my life. I was not the same person. I used to have a, <laughs> I used to have a friend, a musician... He sang on television back in Nigeria, uh, he's, he, but he'll come to our home and, and we sit together and talk about what, in those days, I called music sound. That's all I, that was my language for music, uh, sound. And so when it comes, we have some new sound to go. Uh, you know about those sounds, I feel good. 
Oh, those were my days. I feel good and all of that. James Brown and all of that crazy stuff. With bare bottom and all of that. And, and, and when he comes in, we'll sit. I wake up, four, I still wake up now, but I wake up early in the morning, 4 o'clock, to listen to blues. It was sound. And when this fellow comes, we'll be talking about sound. What new sound that's coming? Is it Shaka Ken or whatever new one is talking about? But, but, but after I got saved, God delivered me from sound. And I wasn't listening to sound anymore. I would wake up in the morning. I woke up to pray, not to listen to sound. And uh, my friend, the musician on television, he came visiting. And my brothers, I told him, he's, something is wrong with him these days. He's, he's completely different. All he wants to do is go to church. That's his life. And I came in. He was already sitting by what they call those big boxes in those days where you played the sound. This was after I came to the U.S. I saw the big one, the boombox, where the guys, <laughs> we didn't have that. But he, I came and he was sitting by, you know, the, where both of us would sit down and talk about the latest sound. And, and I walked in and he was sitting there and um, I said, uh, hey, how are you? We greeted each other well. And then he said, uh, I said, my brothers told you about what happened to me. He had his head down. He said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was quiet. I sat down by him. He was going to be my victim because I believed in those days if I, if I said anything about Jesus to anybody, uh, Jesus will confess me before his Father in heaven. I believe that. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. So if I confess Jesus to him, my name is heard in heaven. So he was my victim, and I was looking for my opportunity <laughs> to let him know about Jesus. I sat by him, and he was quiet. He wasn't saying anything to me, and I was meditating, waiting for the opportunity to come in. And then he yelled, everything they are saying to me, I can understand. But that you don't listen to sound... That, that's one order. He was not happy with that. I said, wow, this is tough. How do I enter into this? I said, but I got a bigger sound inside now. Amen. But they could tell my life was different. When the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, your life is different. It's supposed to be lived supernaturally. Now, John chapter 3, verse 6 through 8, it says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have been born of the spirit of God. Yes, part of you is flesh. But there is a part of you that is spirit. From your heavenly father. You are a spirit being from God now. You are born from above. That's what the word means. To be born again is born from above. And Jesus said, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again, but born from above. 
He says the wind blows uh, where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit, right? So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You can't tell. It's a mystery. You, the way God has made you in Christ, born of the Spirit, you are not just natural being, but also there's a spiritual part of you, which is God. You know, in those days, I want to talk about the fruit of, and I'm close with this, the fruit of the uh, charisma. Charisma, the word means spiritual gifts. Charisma. You know, the early, if you read the history of the church, especially from the early 1900s when God started unfolding the gifts of the Spirit and all of that, the Pentecostal church in those days, I mean, they, they, in the United States, read the history. They were just track buildings by the railroad track. They felt like they were nowhere. But the Spirit was there. They changed the world. When I was growing up in my time, people went to church and after church they went to the voodoo doctors. And that's where, and the voodoo doctors boasted that they go to their church, but after church they know where the power was. They come to us. We don't do that anymore. The voodoo doctors come for help. Oh yes. When the Pentecostal movement came and power came, Things began to change. My sister was saying that in Nigeria, the, the, you know, priests are called fathers. The, they are priests, fathers telling them, she's in a Catholic church. The fathers are telling them, we have to do what the Pentecostals do. Because if we don't do them and make them speak in tongues and pray for the sick, all these people will go to their church. You know? They will all move to that church because they want help. So the priests are telling them, we need the Holy Spirit. And the older uh, Catholics are saying, no, we want to say, them, no, we're going with them. Talk to Marco. They pray for people to be healed. The power of the Holy Spirit, when it's acknowledged. There's something about those who have been filled with the Spirit. I'm going to give seven things and I'll, I'll quit tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go through quickly. My wife is looking at time. First, love for the word of God. That's what you find all over the world. Once they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they love God's word. Number two, stewardship. Those who are filled with, they make serious sacrifices. I've learned, heard stories of people that sold their homes to support the work of God. A lady in Georgia, she sold her home. They have the money to this preacher, you go preach. You only find that among those who walk with the Holy Spirit and believe in the charisma, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Also, compassion. Number three, compassion. Compassion filled evangelism. They want to reach out to people. They want to win souls for God. It's there. The fourth thing, they face up to sin. 
while others are making excuses for sin, they know it's wrong, and they will tell you, yes, brother, I'm not living right. They're willing. They're willing to confess and move on. That's what the charisma will do for people. Service. They want to serve. They want to do something for God. They want to reach out to somebody, to help somebody. They are filled with the spirit of counsel. Do you know how... Nobody teaches you. No one will have to teach them. They'll sit with somebody and they're counseling them, trying to help them to free from their problems. You know that? They haven't been to counseling school. And they're able to help people. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's transformed the world. That they're willing to serve. There's joy and happiness among them. Um, early days in Georgia. Let's <laughs> go back in Georgia. <laughs> But I, I, I didn't like to the uh, morning service very much. I went there because uh, I supported pastor. That was his service. The night service, we called it, uh, what do they call it? It's a time of jubilee, a long time ago. Uh, we celebrated at night. That was the real service. And boy, it was glory time. We sang. We never, you have to tell us to stop singing. I Fly Away was one of the best. And then uh, you'll find testimonies of healing all over the world where you have people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They have testimony stories that they can tell you about what the Holy Spirit can do in their lives. Those are the gifts. I'm going to be going into the gifts of the Spirit so you can stand up. I've given you a lot of time tonight. The reason I'm going to this is I'm going to go through all the gifts of the Spirit. And so we start losing a few people, maybe gain more people. By the time it's going to come, I'm going to tell uh, Mike and the rest to shut the door. And uh, all of us are going to sit here and be, have faith to believe God for the gifts of the Spirit. And all of us can prophesy. Amen. The Bible says we can. You can read First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31. You can all prophesy one by one. And I'll tell you what the meaning of that word is, to prophesy. You can. And God is willing to make his gift available to us. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and thank him for his presence. Thank him for helping you to understand the word tonight. Let him know you're ready. Let him know you're ready. All God is looking for is a willing heart. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. God is a respecter of no person. God will not, he has no respect of persons. All we have to do is to be willing. And God, tonight we are willing. We want you to help us. We want to move with our God. We want to move with the Holy Spirit. We want the Spirit to take full charge of our lives. Bless your people tonight. Help them to have all of us. We need a good night rest according to your word. You gave your beloved sleep. And Lord, let us have visions of heaven. Let us dream dreams of things that you want for our lives and for your church, for our families. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.